If you're a parent, teacher, or school leader, and you're sick and tired of the frustration, anger, and unfair treatment of children at high risk in our public schools, then perhaps it's time for all of us to do something about it. In this podcast, Dr. Amitra Berry brings you tips, tools, strategies, and tactics to build successful solutions while touching, moving, and inspiring all of us to transform our schools so that every child thrives. Here's your host, Dr. Berry. The superintendent of LAUSD, Alberto Carvalho, said, We're no longer in this country in a position where there's a lack of skill set. We know exactly what works. What lacks often is a will set. Hey there, Equity Warriors. Thanks for joining me here again today. Perhaps you've heard of this thing called napalm. It was used extensively by U.S. military forces in the police action, the undeclared war in Vietnam. Well, napalm is now a banned chemical. It's a petrochemical. It's made out of gasoline thickened with soaps. It makes it sticky. So napalm was used in incendiary bombs and flamethrowers, really nasty stuff. But the napalm I'm talking about is a sort of play on words. It's a bomb, all right, about the NAEP. Now, the NAEP is the National Assessment of Educational Progress. It's the basis for the nation's report card that is to give us a sense, an idea of just how well our children are doing, particularly in the foundational skills of reading and mathematics. So who takes the NAEP? Well, any state that gets Title I funding is mandated by Congress to participate in both math and reading tests for the NAEP. There are other tests, but math and reading, those are the benchmarks. Those are the ones that we can look at to really get a good sense of of how well our children are doing. So in those states, sample schools are picked that are statistically representative of the state's demographics, of the state's public schools' demographics, to be clear. And so that means in all 50 states, the District of Columbia, um, Department of Defense, Education Activity Schools, DODIA Schools, the military schools, um, Bureau of Indian, Indian Education Schools, or BIE Schools, and then Puerto Rico participates only in math. There are also 26 large urban school districts around the country that volunteer to participate, and their data is is disaggregated separately. So you can see the um, trial urban districts data separate from the national data of the NAEP. The national results really give us a common measure of student achievement across all public schools, private schools that, that volunteer to participate, DODIA and BIE. So roughly in 2022, there were roughly 450,000, almost half a million fourth and eighth graders that took this test. And how did that work out for our children in 2022? Well, we saw the largest ever decline in math scores among our fourth grade and eighth grade children. So only 36% of our fourth graders were proficient. 40, excuse me, 36%. And that means that two out of every three children are not proficient, fourth graders, not proficient in mathematics. But it gets worse because 25% 
of our fourth graders were what's termed below basic. So that means that they're more than a year below grade level. Now that's fourth grade. At eighth grade, just 26% of eighth graders are proficient in mathematics. So three-fourths of our eighth graders, 75%, 74% to be mathematically accurate, 74% of our eighth graders are not at grade level, and 38% of our eighth graders were below basic, which means, again, 38% of our eighth graders were more than one year below grade level. The gaps get larger as our children get older. They're not catching up. We also found that even the strongest students in the nation, those students that scored at the 90th percentile in mathematics, lost eight points on their math test on average. So our smartest learners had a decline as well. Now, when you think about those eighth graders, they took that test at, at the end of the 2021-22 school year. These, those eighth graders are currently ninth graders, and they lack a foundation in mathematics. Now, in ninth grade, typically children are taking Algebra 1, and Algebra 1 has always been shown to be the gatekeeper of a high school diploma. We know that children who do not pass Algebra 1 are much more likely to drop out or incomplete high school. That's math. One more thing about math. More than a third of fourth graders did not know that subtraction was the opposite of addition. I'm going to take that to something very basic. They do not know that 2 plus 2 is the inverse or the opposite of 4 minus 2, that those three numbers, when you change the operation, are still going to be the same three numbers. Math. But reading wasn't any better. And you all know that reading is is my passion area. 33% of our fourth graders, 33% of our fourth graders are proficient. So that means that two out of every three fourth grade children cannot read at grade level. In uh, mathematics, in eighth grade, Not much different. 31% of our 8th graders were proficient. So more than 2 out of 3 8th graders cannot read at grade level. And we saw between the 2019 assessment, which was the last one that was given until 2022, we saw the percentage of students below the NAEP basic level, so more than a year below grade level, got bigger. It increased by 3 percentage points in both 4th grade and 8th grade. So they're not just low, even the, the, the lowest of the low, that the basic level, that percentage has grown by three percentage points. And that's a big amount. It may not seem, it seems like a little number, but that's a large amount when we're talking about a decline in scores. The decline that we see or saw in our reading scores for 2022 set reading achievement back to where it was 30 years ago. 30 years of progress erased. In nice round numbers, because I threw a lot at you, just keep this one in your head. About two-thirds of our children cannot read, comprehend, or calculate at grade level. And it wasn't just our children of color. It was children of all races. It was children across socioeconomic statuses. And when they broke the data down by state, 
looking at the performance of public school students as a whole, showed that not a single state, not one of the 50, had a statistically significant improvement in any grade-subject combination. Not one. But I found this really interesting because uh, students that were in the Department of Defense schools are children who are children of active military personnel that go to school on a military base, the Dodia schools. They didn't miss a beat. Didn't miss a beat. No decline in their scores. And large cities, remember I talked about those, those um, 26, excuse me, um, yeah, 26 large urban districts that participate in the NAEP voluntarily. Those large cities, in spite of the high numbers of Title I students, that low, SEO, low SES, despite that, large cities were more resilient than the rest of their states, especially in middle school reading. Their scores didn't drop as much. So this isn't just an issue of the pandemic. It's not just about school closures, but there really were no easy explanations, no clear connections between policy decisions on remote learning and how much academic achievement actually suffered. So I can only hypothesize. But having consulted with school systems in 44 of those 50 states with BIE schools as well over the last 20 years, there are a few things that I know quite well. One is that those foundational skills of both reading and mathematics are built in K-3. And if we build them right, students don't lose them. I always equate this, when we're talking about the pandemic, I equate that to um, how long did many of us sit at home without driving anywhere because we were working from home Everything was closed. There was no place to go. We might have been home for a week, two weeks, three weeks, more on end without ever getting behind the wheel of our car. And yet, when we got ready to drive, we hadn't forgotten how. Here's another thing I know. These score declines are about the tools that we choose to use for instruction, the content materials the methods that we use to teach. I discuss both of these in my book, Affecting Change for Culturally and Linguistically Diverse Learners, which, of course, is available in bookstores around the world. It's about the tools that we choose. When we teach children to read, write, think, and calculate on time and to mastery, we are using the right methods, we are using the right tools, children do not slide backwards. So what do you do? Well, if you have my book, read or reread chapter two, which discusses the root of persistent pervasive achievement gaps and chapter three, the importance of a rigorous English language arts core. Now, I'm not a math person. I've said this before. I can do math. I don't dislike math, but I wrote about English language arts and reading. So reading. If you don't have the book, get it and read the whole thing, but focus on this topic on chapter two and chapter three. If you're an educator, take a look at your methods. Take a look at the choice of curriculum. What are you using? And are you using methods and materials that are ethically and scientifically appropriate for the population of children that you teach? And those two things 
though not only for our K-12 classroom teachers, but for teacher educators in higher education, our teacher prep people. Are you teaching the future teachers of America to use the right methods and the right materials for the population of learners that they will stand in front of when they go into classrooms? Now, if you're a parent, do whatever you can to hold educators in your school systems accountable for teaching and learning. And then demand approaches that have been scientifically validated to work for the children in your schools. Creating systems that will result in high academic achievement, at the very least, grade level achievement. Systems that produce children who leave high school, college, career, military ready. These things require systemic change. It requires that we shift mindsets of the adults that are in the system. It requires that we make sure all our schools are working in the interest of the children that they're there to serve, not the adults who work in them, the adults who run them, or the adults who sell to them. This work isn't going to be fast. This work isn't going to be easy. It's not just a skill set. It's also about having a will set. And then continue to join me every single week. Send me your questions, topics, and requests to AskDrBerry.com, and I will answer those questions and bring you experts to help address those topics. As always, don't worry about the things you cannot change. Change the things you can no longer accept. I'll see you next time. That's it for today's episode of the 3E Podcast. Head over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week that posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in a grand prize drawing to win a $25,000 value private VIP day with Dr. Barry herself. Be sure to head over to 3epodcast.com and pick up a free copy of Dr. Barry's gift. Then join us on the next episode.